When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Today's episode is a follow-up of sorts, fellas. We are fresh off our dive into the rise of witchcraft. And witchcraft is on the rise. It's just, how do you define it? Everybody check out that show. Uh, and we're also doing a follow-up to an earlier an earlier episode we did on something kind of like cryptozoology. It could, it could conceivably fall in the world of cryptids. Uh, it's inspired by a letter we received earlier this year from MZ. MZ, I hope you're listening because this one is especially for you. You introduced us to the idea of Brujas de Fuego uh, or flame witches. Uh, And we would like to, with your help, MZ, introduce this to everybody else, to your fellow conspiracy realists in your own words. So here are the facts. So, as MZ writes, the story begins in a rural, small farm, mountain town in southern Chihuahua, Mexico. I grew up spending my summers in. 
The town was located not too far from a native people that used to live on the side of the mountains with adobe walls to house their caves. And if you can imagine large boulders, trees you could climb like stairwells and a large open field. It was a cool place. I got to explore and climb those trees. Um, does sound like a pretty amazing place. And then MZ continues, from what I could narrow it down to, it was a Chiracahua Apache tribe. And from what my grandparents told me, one of my grandmothers was from the tribe. During my exploration, myself and a kid I was wandering around with both saw something strange. Imagine seeing something straight out of Majora's Mask. That's the Zelda game, everybody. I'm sure you played it. Only this thing from Majora's Mask was inside an oblong giant cave with an opening. And it's just staring back at us. We shortly took off running after that and lived to tell the tale, thankfully. Yes, yeah, that's that's the spoiler alert. MZ does survive to not only tell the tale, but to write the email. I put in a, a little picture of Majora's Mask since I was unfamiliar with the game. And it's a pretty weird thing to see in a cave. Uh, if you look yeah, at the, the, the only thing yeah. is there's so many different creatures in that game. I'm wondering what exactly MZ is referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Being unfamiliar with the game. I just, I, I may have some editorial bias. I just picked one that had really big eyes that would look kind of spooky if you saw them in a dark cave. Anyhow, so uh, if you're familiar with that, you know what MZ is talking about. MZ continues and says, The people in the town talk about the witches that live out in those mountains and rumors of skinwalkers as well. With one famous story being about two men who shot one of these things and when they found the skinwalker, it was still half wolf and half human female. And there's strange activity reported at night. But, MZ says, here's where it gets crazy. One of my aunts, who is currently in her mid-60s, told me about a ball of flame that was floating out in the mountains. When she asked what it was, the locals told her it was a flame witch. Okay, uh, so now we fast forward to about seven years ago um, when this person uh, writing in went back to the same town um, due to their grandfather passing away. Um, MK goes on. I meet a guy around my age that worked for my uncle uh, as a ranch hand. One night we were drinking and eating some fresh butchered cow, uh, the best kind, um, and knowing the area, I asked him if he had seen anything like my aunt had, and he told me, yes, he had seen the same thing um, out in my uncle's ranch. Over the years, I've periodically checked for anything resembling just that, a flame witch, and there are a few videos going viral in Mexico showing just that. Um, and then MK links to them below. Uh, so strangely enough, I've seen something slightly resembling these flame witches out in the middle of nowhere in Marfa, Texas. Uh, could it be that the lights are covens of witches that have mastered this form of flight and magic? Or is it just false reports? Um, personally, I've yet to meet anyone in the States that knows of such a thing. And if you want to find more sources on this, you would have to navigate the web in Spanish. And I will link below what I have found. And MK does just that. This is insanely, incredibly fascinating stuff. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating. And and thanks for this letter. First, you've shouted out the Marfa lights. Uh, we did an earlier episode on what are sometimes called ghost lights. And in the case of the Marfa lights, we actually arrived at an okay explanation, uh, a possible mundane explanation. But uh, it turns out 
that while many folks in the U.S. may not have read or seen Spanish reporting on this phenomenon, it's very much a thing, not just in Mexico, but in places like Trinidad and Tobago as well. People have been seeing inexplicable fireball-like stuff in the sky in Mexico. It's widely known, uh, and these videos, as uh MC mentioned, as you mentioned, Noel, they have gone viral. Uh, if anything, it's strange that it's not something people talk about more often in English media, right? Sort of like Mexico's zone of silence. You can see any number of videos on YouTube right now purporting to be footage of these flame witches. And it's important to note that these alleged sightings do not themselves look human. They don't look uh, humanoid. You don't see limbs, right? But they don't always look the same. They don't always look like the same orb or same pattern, you know? So today's question, what are they? Here's where it gets crazy. Yes, there are, there are so many possibilities here. And if we take it back to the Marfa lights, when we discussed those, we talked about atmospheric distortion and distance and how lights that are far away on a, a flat plane can actually appear to hover above that flat plane when you're looking at them out in the horizon. And here we find several possibly naturally occurring things that can exist as like why people are seeing these flame witches or something like that. And one of those Explanations would be something that sounds out of this world. The will o the wisp. Wisp, 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 wisp. Yeah, fancy name. Get this, Ignis Fatus, with two U's at the end. I don't know why that tickles me so. It's it's like, it sounds like a Hogwarts farting spell, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's Agreed. ignited flatulence. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, so we did talk about this a little bit in the earlier episode we mentioned on, on ghost lights. It's the will of the wisp is really weird because as we'll find today, there are a lot of explanations that sound good, but none of them at this point quite explain everything a hundred percent. It's generally accepted that the will of the wisp is a flame-like phosphorescence that is created when plants decay in marshy areas and they emit gas. And under the right circumstances, some of this gas can automatically ignite when it comes into contact with oxygen in the air. In earlier eras, though, people were well aware of this and they anthropomorphized it. The wisp, the, like will in the will of the wisp is a dude. It's a, it's a creature. It's a, a sprite, like a, um, an elf or a spirit of some sort that is trying to lure unwary travelers off their path into the marsh, usually for mischievous or downright evil purposes. That's so funny. I always assumed will of the wisp was referring to just sort of like a, a set, like a, um, you know, like the will of nature, like the will of the, the, the wind or like, like, like the idea mm -hmm. of sentient quality of these natural phenomena. Yeah, yeah. And I think it works on both of those levels, you know, because the one of the spooky things about these is that where they are found across the world, there's often a sentience or an intelligence attributed to them. And the term wisp, by the way, is just it's like a kind of torch. It's like a bundle of sticks tied together. It's not supernatural. Oh, Other you know, people reminds, had wisp. 
This yeah. reminds me of uh, the, you know where the, the term jack o' lantern comes from. It was actually maybe a historical figure, or at the very least, a kind of a stock character named Jack, who was this drunken kind of lecherous dude in Ireland, and he was referred to as Jack of the Lantern or Jack o' Lantern. Mm. Yeah, it should be now. From now on, let's all call it Jacks of the Lantern. Yes, indeed. But- yes, that's our new club. <laughs> We're, we're we're a front for the pumpkin industry. Uh, we're jacks of the lantern, the ancient order thereof. Yeah, it's it's true, and there's a similar kind of naming structure there too. So I'm, it's fascinating that you can kind of tell these names come from a similar sort of era, a similar sort of time, and native populations in the Americas had stories about things like this too. Uh, they with like before European contact, other cultures had this stuff going on. It's very important to acknowledge that when it while the term will of the wisp that we're using comes from European folklore, those pre-existent beliefs or stories about something similar in the Americas continued to date. And in Louisiana and France, we see this almost the exact same thing described as the foufole or fifole uh, and as a non-native french speaker apologies for the accent there maybe before we continue we should talk a little bit about what the will of the wisp is generally we've given you uh this the best scientific guess right now but if you were just out in the woods you have found yourself in a swamp and you encounter Will of the Wisp. Let's describe how that encounter goes. What happens? Yes, well, much like the Marfalites and other uh, visual phenomena dealing with light kind of near the ground, you will see something probably in a dimly lit area near the swamp, in the forest. You can see it just off a bit in the distance, maybe across a water or something like that. And it appears that it's either coming towards you or leaving. That's generally the way it's reported by by people who've experienced a will of the wisp encounter. Well, and when you when you think about it in pop culture, it's usually like something that somebody might chase, and maybe it leads them somewhere, uh, like to a a secret entrance or you know some sort of treasure, or it could just lead them into like a, a cliff that that tumbles them into the swamps or the site of their death or their body. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. another one. That and this is um. This is a commonly reported thing, even with UAP sightings, especially back in the day. If you think back to the Rendlesham Forest incident, yes, they, the belief is that these lights are are guiding you somewhere, right? Uh, it, not always, but in the moment, like there is this light, it is going somewhere. I would like to follow that to see what's where it's going or what's happening. And I think that's where you get a lot of these legends of, like you said, Ben, being led to someone's resting place where like a spirit is taking you there. If that's what you believe it is, or, you know, even a, in some cases, an extraterrestrial craft or being leading you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And this movement is something we didn't really talk about in the previous episode on ghost lights. So we are going to explore that today. We should also say that Massachusetts has similar folk tales surrounding the concept of something like flame witches or will of the wisp. And theirs is very location dependent. Uh, Most of those reports come from an infamous area called the Bridgewater Triangle, which Mm -hmm. Not to be too Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing about it, but uh, 
we do have a podcast. <laughs> we have a podcast on on that. Not um, not stuff they don't want you to know, but Matt, it is a show that you and Aaron Mankey have worked on, correct? Yeah, I have a whole bunch of people on our, on our team. It's called Bridgewater. And within the Bridgewater Triangle there in Massachusetts, which is a pretty stark triangle when you see it written out in places, but I would say it's way more of just an area uh, because you've got the Hockamock Swamp out there, which is a real place, um, some strange stones like uh, Dighton Rock, and in particular, Freetown State Forest is like one of those places where if you find yourself there, especially if you're alone, uh, you may experience some weird things because there have been numerous reported sightings of things like puckwudgies or lights and all kinds of strange stuff that happens out there. Yeah, and a lot of people in the U.S. are going to be more familiar with those older European descriptions or more familiar with stuff like the Marfa lights or maybe things that are reported in places like Bridgewater. But let's pause for a word from our sponsors. We'll dance off into a marsh of our own and then we'll return to South America and Mexico. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So here's the amazing thing, MZ. Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, Colombia, Venezuela, Uruguay, Trinidad, and Tobago all have their own versions of this phenomenon. And some of them have a lot in common with the stories that you have encountered in Mexico. In Brazil, it's called 
Well, it translates to like the fiery serpent, the boitata, or some some derivation thereof, and that has that has a really interesting legend because the idea is that this serpent shines so bright that it can only see at night. It's one of those. It's a wear my sunglasses at night type cryptid. <laughs> and uh, now that I think about when did that song come out? I wear my sunglasses. Oh, eighty something. Eighties. Okay, <laughs> so we can agree it's about that Brazilian cryptid, right? No question. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's from the it's from the perspective of that fiery serpent. Uh, in Colombia, what's interesting is that their version of the will of the wisp, or what we call it uh, in the U.S., the La Candelea, is also thought to be something like a witch. It's kind of like that story, The Ring, where, spoiler alert, it turns out that the monster is the ghost of an evil person. This, the La Candelea, is the ghost of an evil grandmother. Uh Ah, like a malevolent uh, spirit that was, you know, basically just making the um, logical transition from being a terrible person to being a terrible ghost. Man, well said. This reminds me of the Will of the Wisp that existed in the old game Ultima Online. I know you played it out there. Ultima Online. Yeah, you did. You're old. Nobody But it was such a good game. Yes, they did. We all did. We're like Ultima. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. No, it's a great game. You mean like Michelob Ultra? Is that what you're talking about? (sighs) I'm trolling you. I'm aware of the game, but I've not played it. But in this game, like in Dungeons and Dragons and a couple other places, the will of, the will of the Wisp is a magic wielder. Somebody who can some creature that can cast all kinds of dangerous spells. Uh, and I'm just imagining that being close to yeah, this version of it. This is interesting because we've we've often found that folklore tends to have a grain of truth in in the in the origin or the genesis of the story. So the full story or the short story version of Columbia's Will of the Wisp or Columbia's Flame Witch is that it's the ghost of an evil grandmother. Why is she evil? She raised her children and grandchildren to be thieves and murderers. And so karma caught up with her and she was punished by being damned to wander the world surrounded in flames, making trouble. Uh, And it makes me wonder if it is somehow based on a real life occurrence in the past. Like if there really was some clan of, of murderers in ne'er-do-wells, could they have been so um, influential on, on the community that they became the basis of, of this story, this way to explain this otherwise inexplicable thing? Maybe there's no proof. Uh, Argentina and Uruguay have myths about something called the Luz Mala or evil light. And it's like Will of the Wisp, but evil. It's like if Will of the Wisp is Mario, this is Wario. <laughs> Does that work? I, yeah, that- I think so. I, I imagine that the potential for the Will of the Wisp to be an enchanting kind of thing that feels childlike in a lot of ways. Like, oh, look at that little light out there flickering. I wonder what it wants. In this case, it's do not go out there. Don't follow it. Don't even look at it. Just close your eyes and move on. I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe my childlike spirit has like been drained for me, you know, just from a lifetime of, of bitterness and disappointment. But I don't know that <laughs> I would go traipsing around marshes following blinking lights. Just it's willy nilly. No, no, sir. Uh, not, not I. Honestly, this guy I, would. I don't want to sound jaded, but after the last couple of years, I feel like if I saw 
if I saw something like this, and I have seen something like this in uh, the Everglades, or at least I saw some lights I couldn't explain, but I feel like now if I saw something like this, I would think, ah, one more thing. I have already, I've got so many things I have to do and think about. I'm not, I'm just not going to think about that. I would tell the will of the wisp to get on the schedule and like come by Thursday at a specific time. Dang, you guys. <laughs> if I saw a light like that, I am traipsing through a forest. I don't care. I am just going to hop, skip, and jump until I find where that thing went. Nobody traipses <laughs> like Matt Frederick, let me tell you. <laughs> I do like the use of the word traips here for sure. Yeah, yeah I hope that was a correct usage. I don't know. It is. It is. It, and, it, and it also paints a very specific picture because you're not as far off um, from, from Noel uh, in that traips means to like – move reluctantly or move like you're tired oh dang so i was wrong <laughs> i used that really wrong sorry you, you want to say you, you would you would you, i would prance you'd be I would prancing prance. yeah you'd be, you're, i'm sorry I'm, you're not a good trip you're not a traipser at all i'm the traipser you're the prancer uh, i like that oh, our, our ambulatory nicknames we've got here uh so yes this this thing you can understand how if if you see it you would want to have an explanation. When people are confronted with things they cannot readily explain, they typically tend to fall back on their own cultural framework. That's just how the world works. In Trinidad, what's even more fascinating here is that they also have the name of the fire. They also have the idea of the fireball witch. They call it something different, but it's totally the fireball witch. It is a sorceress with the ability to take on the form of a bright flame at night. It's also a little more aggressive than its Mexican counterpart because this fireball witch will enter homes through any gap it can find and it will drink the blood of its victims. What? So, yeah, nice. so how does that story come about? Does somebody, does somebody see a bright light as they're falling asleep? And then they wake up and um, their partner has been exsanguinated or something like that's that's a pretty wild one. I'm trying to put together the the flames and the power of the flame somehow with drinking blood or consuming blood. I'm not sure how those go together. Right. But I'm interested. Yeah, same. And there there are similar myths in Asia and across Oceania. They're all distinct in their own way, but they have these commonalities, a light that seems to pulse with some sort of sickly glow that sometimes seems to approach or recede that seems to move away from people when they approach in a way that is sometimes interpreted as leading them somewhere for good or for ill. And even though these things don't all have the same appearance, they don't all have like the same pulsing or, or patterns or oscillation or whatever they share those those commonalities across the world, which is a really important fact for us because it means that people aren't making it up. You know what I mean? This isn't one town somewhere that needed some tourist bucks. For the more skeptical in the crowd, obviously, the explanation is going to feel apparent. You're going to say swamp gas, right? Old mm -hmm. swamp gas. I know that's somebody's street name. It's got to be. It's got to be. swamp gas? There's got to be a guy <gasps> called Swamp maybe Gas. Not, I don't know. Maybe man, a street name. Maybe sort of like a, 
a grandpa nickname, you know, old swamp, or like an old, an old like tavern regular, you know, oh, that's old swamp cast over there. He he spins a, a mighty fine yarn. No, because of that legendary night when he just couldn't stop farting. <laughs> old Greg go the swamp gas. That's and what he's it like, is. guys, my name is Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay old swamp gas so it's true though like any part of the natural world with the right conditions can in theory create ignis fatus uh due to organic compounds like phosphine diphosphane and methane when they decay they can um, create uh photon emissions earlier we mentioned some substances ignite on contact with oxygen in the air that's our diphosphane that's our phosphine and it only takes a little bit you get a lot of uh you got you get a lot of spooky for your buck with these because just a small amount could make something like a glowing orb it's ephemeral it's not gonna be around all day or all night but it could create something like this in contrast you probably need much more methane reminds me of sightings of ball lightning Mm. which i still have never seen one day it's tough to find it it's tough to find it you know it's kind of a a a rare pokemon i don't know very much about pokemon does that they're rare ones right oh yeah gotta catch them all (laughs) okay there we go yeah uh i love that you're mentioning ball lightning because ball lightning is usually associated with thunderstorms right and off and people aren't always reporting on the weather or the the atmospheric conditions when they Mm -hmm. see a will of the wisp because understandably something very freaky and strange has just happened to them but you're right matt ball ball lightning it was called a ball of the lightning. Ball lightning is often brought up as one of the scientific explanations for the possibility of these glowing orbs, these mysterious things. And this is an impressive idea. People proposed the swamp gas theory way earlier than a lot of us would assume in, in the late 16th century. In 1596, there was this guy named Ludwig Lavatar who wrote a book with a ridiculously long, amazingly fun title of ghost and sprites walking by night and of strange noises, crickets and sundry forewarnings, <laughs> which commonly happen before the death of men, great slaughters and alterations of kingdoms. Was that last That's part the, the subtitle? I is, don't is it- know at that point by the time you get that far. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what, what was it? Of of creakies? Of cre- of creaky? <laughs> it, it, it's spelled C R A C K E S. Is it referring to like things what go bump in the night and make creakies? Yes, yes dude. Okay, yes, that's just so. That's wild, man. What must so, the, the what must the text of the actual book itself be like if the title is oh, so verbose? Oh, we could pull a quote. Do you want to you want to read a quote? Here's one. I'll, I'll I'll send it in the chat. Somebody else give this one a shot. Oh, may I? I'll at least maybe we can we can split it up. Uh, yeah. Many times candles and small fires appear in the night and seems to run up and down. Sometime these fires go alone in the night season. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're in it now. We're in it. We gotta. We gotta finish it. This. This is well. This is the part. This is the part where he's talking about the swamp gas theory. In the night season, and put such as see them as they travel by night in great fear, 
But these things and many such like have their natural causes, natural philosophers write, that thick exhalations arise out of the earth and are kindled, minus full of sulfur and brimstone, if the air enter unto it as it layeth in the holes and veins of the earth, will kindle on fear and strive to get out." Excellent, excellent. Unpack, I, uh, un- un- unpack I like- this, may we? Good lord. <laughs> no, I just I had to catch my breath. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I, I like hearing it because uh in that in that voice is a wonderful performance, by the way. It feels like there's a crowd of people in a church who uh, some weird church who are immediately following with and also with you. <laughs> you know, yeah, like oh the- <laughs> yeah. I, I heard a I heard a distinct tone of old papa. Remember, remember? Oh uh, yes, uh, yes, I, yes, we'll, yes, we'll always love El Papa. Yeah, El Papa. I, I, I He's done him. a lot for the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, what what we're seeing here is, and and the spelling is not the same as the spelling of English words in 2021. But what we're seeing is this idea that it is uh, geographically dependent. That somewhere under the earth there might be mines that contain gases. They're not sure what gas is, but they're guessing sulfur, brimstone. Those are scary things, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and smelly. Air, and smelly, yes. And when the air goes into these mines, it will catch on fire. And because fire rises, it will try to seek an escape avenue. So what you're seeing is like this kind of fire from the ground. Do you think it's any coincidence that things like sulfur and brimstone are associated with the fires of hell? No, I don't. I think that's a I think that's a purposeful choice. In fact, brimstone is the same thing as sulfur. It's synonymous. Mm. And and it, it so it smells um also correct me on this if I'm off base, but I believe that because lightning can create the odor of sulfur dioxide and because lightning was thought to be punishment from the gods in ancient religions, Sulfur is indicative of divine retribution. So maybe, maybe the idea was that if one encounters a demon, you're you're smelling, you're smelling the 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 smite that God or you know some divine entity put on them long ago. The smite that God hath smote. The smite that God hath smote. We have uh, smelt it because He hath dealt it. All <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. rise. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying we so, got to lean into the fart yeah. content of today's episode. It's at least oh, the fifth reference. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. swamp gas. It, you can't really get away from it. Yeah, and if we accept this swamp gas explanation for Will of the Wisp or MZ for flame witches in Mexico, we can see the explanation is pretty solid. But interestingly enough, it also gives us an idea. A guess about why these orbs seem to move of their own volition, why they seem to lead people astray to retreat from folks or to guide them towards something. It could be that if you are in pursuit of one of these things, your movement is agitating the air and this stuff is gaseous. So if it is swamp gas, so that movement is pushing the thing like physically pushing it through the air, or it is agitating it in such a way that it disperses. Ooh. Or even causing it to follow you if somehow you're moving the air in such a way that the gas then moves towards you. Ooh. 
Maybe. And so people in the modern day started experimenting with different variations of the swamp gas idea. Uh, they wanted to apply science to the supernatural. We're going to pause for a moment for a word from our sponsors, and we'll return to tell you their results, which might surprise you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. In 1980 and in 2008, there were a couple of other experiments as well, but these are two of the big ones. These chemists and these geologists were trying to recreate a will-of-the-wisp in a laboratory setting. If you oh, believe in the folklore... So cool. You're like, well, this is like summoning a demon. What What is wrong with you, dude? Uh, they managed to create... They managed to create something, though. Both times, they managed to create something. But here's the thing. It didn't quite fit the bill. It didn't quite function the way that these things do in the wild. A British geologist named Alan Mills was able to mix phosphine, crude phosphine, with natural gas in 1980. And he created a cool, green, glowing cloud. That's the other thing about Will of the Wisp. Uh, that may differentiate from flame, which is those things don't create heat, which is 
doubly spooky, right? And his Mills's green glowing cloud kind of worked, but it didn't seem like a will of the wisp in the wild. It was a really farty one, honestly, like a smoke monster. Right. When you say cool green glowing cloud, I picture like a almost like a cartoon anthropomorphic cloud with like sunglasses like on. Sunglasses. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's uh yes. Uh, this this thing emitted a ton of smoke and it stank to high heaven. In the in the experiment in two thousand eight, these two Italian chemists tried something very similar. They wanted to recreate Alan Mills's experiment, and they did so by mixing phosphine with just nitrogen and air. They also produced a green cloud and they took their explanation a few steps further. One of the objections is that in both cases, these are green lights and they're not usually reported as being green or they're brighter or they're blue or something like that. And these scientists concluded, well, they said, you know, humans aren't that great at differentiating color very well in low light, which is true unless you have, you know, some equipment with you. And then they also said, I I don't know about this one, but they also said the right environmental conditions can make, you know, smoke and smells less easy to detect. Yeah. I mean, if you're in open air and let's say it's across a pond or something, you're not going to detect the smoke maybe the same, especially in low light. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I see that. And I also see that it's possible that if you're in an area where these things routinely occur, it would already smell pretty bad because the gas is out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these, these folks all later concluded it was possible that a will of the wisp in the wild or a flame, witch could be what's called a cold flame. These luminescent halos, they become visible when certain compounds are heated up, but not quite to their ignition point. And they create this blue flame. The problem is no one knows for sure whether these cold flames occur naturally. All they know is that the compounds that could create these things are products of organic decay. So if you're in a marshy, swampy place, you, you're probably going to run into this stuff. The question is, like, how do you, how do you light my fire in that regard? So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's done, uh, boy. Look, I have to I have to stop us here for one second, Ben. You said the gas is out there. Um, I I just had a vision of a movie poster for a show about a will of the wisp, and it just says the gas is out there. That's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got that old man at some bar on the edge of the swamp, just saying, "I seen it," mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, no one Greg. would believe me." Exactly. But I seen it. I know it's real. (laughs) And and then there's another mundane explanation, but again, it's not quite a perfect fit. There are some solid materials, like some ceramics, crystals, like quartz, uh, or, interestingly enough, bones, that can accumulate an electric charge when they're placed under mechanical stress. So this means, in theory, some of these flame witch situations might be caused by stuff in the ground, by tectonic action that gets exerted on materials. So we we talked about this as a possible explanation in our Ghost Lights episode. For example, theoretically, if you're in an area and there are rocks that contain a lot of quartz, Maybe they could exhibit piezoelectricity under the right 
environmental conditions or geologic conditions. But the problem with this is this phenomenon has also not been reliably observed as a cause of will of the wisp in the wild. And if it were a thing that was actually happening rather than just theoretically possible, then it would be one of the easiest to predict, would it not? Because you would just sort of go to where the right stones were, the right ancient stones, and then you would wait for a, a tremor or an earthquake and just see what pops up. I think the coinciding of these two things is like the perfect storm of a will-o'-the-wisp, a place where there are crystals, like there's a lot of quartz in the ground. There's also some, uh, you know, activity occurring. Tremors do occur regularly and you've got swamp gas. Put it all together. It's the will-o'-the-wisp factory. There we go. Or a super wisp. Mm. But the, uh, Doesn't will, a wisp will, sound like a delightful, crispy chocolate bar from like Germany or something? You know, it's got like mm-hmm. air bubbles in it. You know, I just think it sounds delightful to me. Or those aerated chips. Yeah, you know, talking, exactly. Like the oh, the yeah. air puffed uh-huh. chips. Yep. Here's the thing. When we know that those explanations are the best scientific guesses, right? But still maybe don't explain every sighting. Just for fun, let's look at the more esoteric ideas. There probably is not a sentient force guiding these lights in most cases, unless you count the person pursuing the light. They're chasing after this delicate ephemeral mix of gas. So your movements through the air could be disturbing or guiding it. And it's definitely an ancient phenomenon. People are not making this up. Legends from various civilizations were just, they were a way for folks to explain what was happening through their own cultural lens. And perhaps the most important thing is like so much folklore and legend, these stories might not have a ton of what we consider modern scientific proof, but they do contain practical advice. A lot of folklore is mainly about practical advice. And this could be neatly summed up as, uh, and I think we said, we said a version of this earlier in the show. If you see one of these bad boys, don't touch it. Don't approach it. Don't treat it like a wild animal. You know what I mean? Be glad it's there and get out of its way. Disagree. Find that okay. thing, chase it down, uh, prance towards it <laughs> and, and bring home the treasure or the the mystic uh, relic or, or whatever that's 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 like found clutched in the hand of a of a decaying you know skeleton mm-hmm. and if uh if you're chasing a flame witch though important note matt uh in in some stories you need a child to successfully pursue it it has to be a child well, following it so we all have one inside of us in here a child yes there's a child inside all of us just in case just does that oh okay i thought you were pointing to a box all right (laughs) no your inner child no so what what i want to talk about really quickly here guys did you see some of the videos that mz referred to that showed these phenomena i only saw two that i i mean i was perplexed by i think i wanted to ask you about those yeah there's one in particular where it's footage that's very close to a fireball that starts on the ground as like, it looks like a fire where the fuel is on the ground level. And then it starts to rise up into the air and becomes a ball of fire and floats away. Now to my eyes, when I look at that, it just, it looks like something that is very light and flammable that much like an ember, like any ember, 
as it catches fire and the air is being essentially moved upwards and rising with, with the heat, it just floats away because it's so light. Um, but people were fully convinced that that was some type of human or, you know, humanoid catching on fire and flying away like a flame witch. Uh, I just wondered what you guys thought about that particular footage. I was fascinated, too, because it seemed more active than a lot of, like, the stereotypical ideas of a will-of-the-wisp, right? Yeah. I mean, it looks very much, as we're we're re-watching this together, folks, and it looks very much like a, um, like the action you would see with a flame-propelled balloon. It's like, it mm. almost looks like the hot air balloon principle at work here, you know? Yeah, uh, but nothing is visible above the actual flames, right? No, yeah, nothing there. I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if. Whoa! It does look, yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, it have is you guys cool. seen the Miyazaki film Howl's Moving Castle? Yeah, you know, you know the flame demon that's in that 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 that, that, uh, that sort of propels the castle. Um, what's his name? He's voiced by. Uh, the delightful Billy Crystal, um, but he uh, sometimes he, this, this thing kind of reminds me of that character in a funny way. Yeah, but you're right. It looks like maybe it's it almost looks like it's something on fire, like paper or something. Right, and then and, and, then, and then it's and yeah. then it's getting the lift from the updraft that it's creating as it's burning itself up. You know, uh, speaking of Zelda, that's a thing you can do in Zelda, uh, at least the more recent Zelda games. You can set the grass on fire, and it creates an updraft that allows you to use your little paraglider to like you know get a boost. Nice, mm-hmm. but all your weapons break. It's such a downer. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, but but yeah. my point about this one, guys, is yeah. just the the fact that our our position as the camera, right? That's what we are seeing. Uh-huh. Yeah, from the family. Very, yeah, very close to this action, uh, as though it reminds me of filming fireworks or something like that. Same. I thought of that too. You know, because it it's such a. It's a shot that it, it's a short clip, but it's a shot that catches all of the action. You know what I mean? Which m- means perhaps this thing was there for a while and they noticed it and had time to compose a pretty good shot. But then also they smoothly trace it going into the sky. Or it was something they set on fire on purpose and they were surprised or expected for that right. time, right? So it's like, like the I Duende videos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wild animals don't wear a lot of hats is the thing. But but the uh, but that's it is fascinating because the truth of the flame witches idea uh, or will of the wisp idea has yet to be fully explained. Science has some really good guesses and these guesses are treated as a certitude. Uh, we know this is an ancient phenomenon, but we're still not able to explain every single sighting out there, meaning that on the most like base logical level, uh, we have to assume there's almost certainly more than one cause at play. On the supernatural side, traveling through the air, if you have magical powers, right? Uh, I, I, I'm interested to hear you guys take, you could choose between being on fire or flying with like a broom. Which way would you go? Does it depend on what you're trying to do? Because I feel like flying on fire is, is not very good for secrecy. Yeah. Uh, I, I It would be awesome if it was like a teleportation with flames. 
where like flames come out and you get enveloped and then it just disappears and you're somewhere Maybe else and the flames w- come in with a hint of brimstone at the at, yeah at the, it's really stinky at the fish just kind of night uh <laughs> night crawler style mm-hmm. yeah i see that yeah. what about you know interesting i mean you know the the fire power in and of itself seems like a bonus doesn't it because because you presumably would be in some ways immune or uh um resistant to fire if you're using it to like help you fly so i would pick that one because it seems like a twofer i wonder what happens if it rains i i Mm, I guess that, if it's that, supernatural yeah, yeah, yeah. fire, you'd be okay. You well, know? I remember his name in Howl's Moving Castle. His name was Calcifer. And, uh, yeah, Rain was a big downer. Yeah, I mean, he, when he, he got wet at one point and almost died. So based on Miyazaki logic, I think Rain would be a, a no-go. So let's let's keep all the flame witches in our thoughts. Be careful out yes. there. Wills of the Wisp. <laughs> yes. I, I want to bring up one last thing, you guys, I promise, and then I'm done. It just goes back to MZ's uh, questions and talking about uh, what has been shown on media, maybe not in the United States, maybe in Spanish-speaking countries. You can find, I can't remember the name of the show, but you can find footage where there's a panel of people and they are looking at footage of what, in my mind, is clearly things entering Earth's atmosphere and burning up as it's entering. So whether it's, you know, small pieces of space rock entering the atmosphere and burning up, or maybe a piece of the junk that's up there in orbit falling back into space and burning up, you can yes. you can look at this footage and that's clearly what it is. And they're just discussing how it may be something else of some have some other supernatural origin. I would just say remember that there are real natural phenomena that occur fairly often where things enter the atmosphere and burn up and do cause things like a, a sonic boom every once in a while or a, a, you know an energy pulse essentially that will break windows and has the potential to break windows and do other things like that. Yes, that's a great point. There's a lot of junk in space. It's definitely going to be a problem. <laughs> It's already a problem, but it's going to be a problem with the capital P in a while. Uh, For now, we want to hand the wisp to you, folks, fellow conspiracy realists. We hope you enjoyed this exploration of wills of the wisp across the world. That's kind of tough to say. So so, uh, let us know what you think. Have you encountered strange lights in the wild if so where and uh what were the circumstances like tell us as much as you can about it and uh tell us whether you decided to follow it or to run away or you know you just stared awkwardly at it for a while we try to be easy to find online that's right you can find us in the usual internet locations of note facebook youtube twitter where we're conspiracy stuff on instagram we're conspiracy stuff show and if you don't want to sip of these social meads as ben would say uh please give us a telephone call using you know more analog parts like your fingers and your mouth yes our number is one h three three s t d w y t k when you call please give yourself a cool nickname you have three minutes say whatever you would like and if those three minutes are not enough time you have more to say. Maybe you have some links. Maybe you have other things to share with us. Please send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.